0: Mi guitarra es perfecto. Mm. El gato es amarillo.
1: ¿Qué? Mi nombre en español es
0: Jaime Caballero. Mm. Mi name in España is es, a uh, Brandt.
1: Uh to yes, no es bueno. No? No. No? <laughs> no, definitely not. No?
0: <laughs> I think you should just welcome everybody. Buenos dias to our friends in España, where we are, as they say... Es muy grande. Yeah, we're killing it there. We're huge in Spain. Yeah, we are. We're huge in Spain. Pretty excited about it. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. If we knew how to say that in Spanish, we would, but we don't. And so, uh, welcome to Thoughts That Rock, the podcast about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice squeezed into a about 30 minutes or so. Yeah, we know exactly what's going on. You are super, super busy. Life's
1: coming mm-hmm. at you at about 100 miles an hour, and we get it. Trying to grab a few nuggets of wisdom that could possibly amp up your life. They are super hard to come by, yeah. which is why it doesn't really matter. You, you, Right now, you could be walking the cat or folding pizza boxes, or maybe you're just stuck on the 405 doesn't really matter to us. We just want to
0: be the 30 minutes you look forward to every week. Yeah. Thoughts that rock. Help support Cannonball Kids Cancer. You know who they are by now. If you've listened to us at all, they are an incredible nonprofit focused on providing options to kids with cancer who have been told that they've run out of options. Uh, CKC helps identify innovative options and then goes the extra mile by providing the funding necessary for treatment. Uh, They literally provide hope to the hopeless. And because of that, we support them with everything we got.
1: Yeah, we love them. And whatever format you're listening to the podcast right now, it could be on Podbean, it could be on Himalaya, it could be on Spotify. It doesn't matter to us, but we would definitely love it if you just took a second, if you love the show, to give us a rating, and even better than that, give us one of those little written reviews. It could be just a few words, but it actually helps, believe it or not, to help us grow the
0: show. But even better, we can better support Cannibal Kids Cancer. Yeah. So listen, if there's a a little something extra you need from us, or maybe we could just convince you to, you know, snuggle up. Snuggle up next to Uncle Jim and Uncle Brant for just a minute. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? I get it. It's time. It's time for a transition, isn't it? It's time for a super transition. It's It's business business time. (laughs) Our guest today, I have to tell you, I am so excited. She's an old friend and a powerhouse humanitarian uh, Allison Trowbridge, the founder and CEO of Copper, which is a platform helping people gather in meaningful community through book clubs. Hmm. So, Allie, welcome to Thoughts That Rock.
2: Oh, it's so good to be here. Good morning, guys.
0: Hello, hello. Well, listen, I, I, I could gush over this woman uh, for, for the, the entire time of our podcast, but she is an author who published her first book, 22, in 2017, that you, honestly, she was all over the planet with that thing, an amazing success, all while completing her MBA at, uh, at Oxford. So, you know, nice. Jim, she is... Um, She's rare air, as yeah. we like to say. Sounds like it. <laughs> I love it. We have known each we've known each other for a very long time. I've known uh, Allison since she first graduated from college. Uh, she went to work for uh, a nonprofit called Not for Sale. And spent a good 10 years leading their marketing, fundraising, international campaigns for all of their brands, whether it was the Freedom Fund or Just Business, uh, which was an investment fund or not for sale itself. Uh, She did just amazing, amazing work there. And um, we spent several years together uh, sort of touring all over the planet together, trying to figure out how to tell the story of modern day slavery and Mm -hmm. how we are sort of inadvertently contributing to it and how do we rectify the problem and she just was an absolute amazing person to work with and uh, one of the most positive people that you'll ever meet so love it. we can't thank well, you well grant enough.
2: i've got a lot of a lot of great memories of you standing on a stage throwing coins at the
1: audience
2: you remember that you <laughs> could like throw your change at everybody um
1: <laughs> can we go back for a second <laughs> what is this story oh i
0: forgot about that oh gosh i used to tell a story how when i was first playing that that I was on a stage and, and at a church. And it was time for a love offering, and no one was giving any money. And the pastor grabbed the microphone and screamed, "If you got a quarter in your pocket, I want it!" And and so I I ended up with like two giant sacks of quarters that day, like I robbed, you know, a uh, a, a gumball machine factory. And uh, so I would take the coins and say, "This is not what we want," and I would throw them into the audience. Oh my god! So, Trouble. Yeah, we raised a lot of money that way. <laughs>
1: It worked. Hey. It did worked. work. It so Allie's got all kinds of stories on you. Apparently, she does. Which is fantastic. So many, so many sidebar good bar ones. conversation.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit how Copper works yeah. before we before we get started?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So so we are. I did not expect to to um, come out the the gate from grad school and be running a tech company, but we are building a platform for book clubs because. Um, you know, there's just a huge need for community in the world right now. Mm. Um, technology has made us hyper connected virtually, but we've become more isolated as a society individually. And so it's, you know, really seeing how we can connect people into rhythms of meaningful community, um, where you're, you're reading books, you're talking about it, you're going deep. So it's both, um, allowing thought leaders and, Celebrities, organizations, anybody to, to host a virtual book club and curate content, but then to really um, take that locally and meet in person with, um, yeah, with their friends and local community. So it's, you know, my favorite part of, of life is sitting around a table having a, you know, deep conversation over a glass of bourbon, and that's what I want to make possible for as many people wow. as we can.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. As, as fellow authors uh, with you here, first of all, thank you for supporting the medium, which is just uh, so needed. And and honestly, what a powerful way to to connect community, right? And have the really important conversations that um, that really lend itself to that format, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. sort of an intimate. Someone's living room somewhere where you're sitting around having some really just life-changing conversations about what came out of uh, the particular book of the month or whatever it was that was was being read, which is just a brilliant idea. A brilliant idea mm. listen, yeah, Allison, it's
2: been a wild ride
0: yeah, it's the truth and she is no uh, stranger to podcasts herself she has um, if you're familiar with Don Miller and, and mm-hmm. StoryBrand she has guested there and, and interviewed many 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 times and so Ali you know that on this show we like to try to just jump right to the meat and potatoes so the floor is open what is your thought that rocks thoughts that rock Number one.
2: My top that rocks is advice from my mama, mm. which she tells me all the time. And that's when you don't know what to do, do the next right thing. Because mm. I think so often in life, we get so overwhelmed and we want to zoom out and see the whole picture. And you get analysis paralysis and you don't know where to go or what step to take. And if all you do is come right into the present moment and just think what's the next right thing to do, then you're going to find your way and the light on the path will appear.
0: Uh, it's super interesting, I think, you know, I, so I've heard, uh, when I first looked at this, it, it sort of made me remember of, I can't remember exactly who said it, but I think the quote was, um, uh, the, you know, if you can't do the right thing, do the wrong thing, but don't do nothing, right? And so I, I said, "I said that. That was, was me. That was you. Yeah, of yeah, course, of course, of course, it, of course it was. Yes. Um, you were close on the club. It's, the it's what I love about this is, I think, I think we put so much pressure to do the exact perfect thing that it paralyzes us from making decisions, right? And so. This yeah. this sort of takes away that that pressure of having to be perfect. To say, look, if you don't know what to do, do the next right thing. Right? It might not be the yeah. thing, but what is that next right thing? I assume that's sort of the impetus behind the thought, right?
2: Yeah, and and I think realizing it can be as small as you know, clean your desk. Um, you know, call that person back and apologize. It can be go to bed you just need to sleep right now and you're gonna know what to do in the morning so I think so often it it really comes down to this idea of control where I want to be able to see the whole picture control the whole picture know how things are going to play out and we just don't get that in life and so while you still keep an eye on you know where you're going and where you want to be, In order to avoid becoming overwhelmed and actually get you there, you have to keep moving and you have to take the next step forward. And usually if you just look right in front of you, that that next right thing will appear and you'll feel that conviction you know deep in your gut as to what that next right thing is
1: I love that is that when your mom said that is it something that she said over and over and it just sort of stuck in your head or was there some pivotal moment where you thought geez I'm stuck here I, I don't know which direction that was the advice that she gave and it's just always resonated with you
2: you know I think she first said it to me a couple years ago when I was in a kind of in a season where I was spinning. to the, I was on book deadline, I was stressed, I was exhausted, I had some entrepreneurial projects that completely fell apart, I felt like my life was falling apart, you know, when everything is just just those kind of dark times that we get into, and you want to make, you want to find, like, a big quick fix that's yeah. going to make everything line up and come together, and oftentimes that's that's not how those seasons work it's it's more of a you're in the valley and you have to keep walking forward and I think the you know just the the stress and the anxiety of, of being in that season you 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 can't see clearly anymore and so for her to just keep saying you know honey just zoom in do the next right thing you're yeah. going to know what to do to take the next step um that you know it's it's that kind of plodding forward. plodding until you feel like the ground firms up before you a bit more, um, that it will allow you to get through it. So I think that's when she first said it to me, and then it's kind of been a, you know, on a on call sporadically and I'm complaining about something and
1: just do the next right thing no, I, right I thing. wish I could have used that I was just sharing on an earlier episode that we had recorded with with Brant and KT that I was going through some stuff a year ago actually when you started listing it off I'm going I think you're looking at my bio I was in the same place <laughs> and I could have used your mom's yeah. quote at that time a year ago I don't know where you were back then Nelly but uh, <laughs> you know ho- hopefully that I've been able to do the next right thing as well and just sort of got some clarity and got back on track, you know, both personally and professionally, but such great advice. Yeah.
0: I love it. I think it's uh, yeah. I actually, this is why I love these conversations because we don't have any bourbon right now. <coughs> we don't. If, if no. we did, it would make it even better. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I have to, I have to say that I wasn't thinking about it the way in which you just described it. And, and by switching that, that viewpoint, I actually understand it even better. I think now, and it's even more powerful because I was thinking, you know, we get so obsessed with doing the right thing that, that we just don't make a decision until we feel like we know exactly what that right thing is going to be. And, and then I thought, well, do the next right thing. Well, that means just get close. If you get close to it, you can always do it. But in reality, what I'm getting now is that next right thing might be really personal. Yeah. It might be, Hey, hit timeout. You're right. Go to bed go get, go grab a coffee, go get something to eat. Right. Um. And, and it's what's right for you in that moment, not what's yeah. right for the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. And that is, I, I love that because it's, it, yeah. it's sort of like, as you just said, it keeps you moving forward, but it, it takes away that, oh my gosh, I have to make the right decision right now. Yeah.
2: Right. And I have to have it all figured out and I kind of imagine it, you know, like so many, in so many of the those the hard and the most critical seasons. It's like we're truly walking in the dark, and we don't know the lay of the land, and we keep trying to, you know, we'll stop in in our place trying to see everything and understand where to go, and and we're panicking, getting overwhelmed. When in reality, there's enough light on the path that we can like take one step forward and we can see the sure footing in front of us. And so it's the ability to almost zoom in to keep moving to know whatever that thing is, because you, you know, in that, that moment, you may not know what the right big decision is. You know, do you take that job or not? Do you, you know, whatever it is, but maybe what you need is a good night's sleep in order to be able to make that decision. Yeah. Maybe what you need is to, say that apology before any sort of healing is possible. So it's like, what is right in front of you that you can do?
0: I, you know, it's so amazing to me that, that you're sharing this thought knowing that, I mean, your book was really sort of designed to be, Hey, here's a, here are some letters written to myself at 22 and the things I wish I would have known, um, I think that that's, isn't it brilliant that, that, that really is almost what you're doing. You're, you're trying to help this next generation to say, you know, you might not know the right things, but here's a bunch of stuff that I learned that I wish I would have known when I was your age. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I always say that the, the moral of the story of, of that book of 22 is that the journey is the destination. Mm -hmm. I used to think that, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I used to think I was going to wake up one day and have arrived. And kind of be this finished product that, you know, probably when I was like 35, I was going to wake up one day, be an adult, have my life figured out, know the trajectory and like, okay, it's like kind of not autopilot, but kind of like you sail into the sunset. And, um, and, and the reality is that, that we're, we're figuring it out our entire lives and it's never about getting to a certain point or crossing some finish line, you know, and, and so often we live in this, Kind of form of you know well when I blank then you know then my life will be good then I'll be okay then I won't be stressed anymore then I can relax whatever it is and and we miss out on everything that's for us today and in this moment and in the the kind of mystery of the active unfolding of of our lives and so it's you know part of it is like learning how to to lean into the present and and be fully fully there in it. Um, knowing that that's like, that's life. That's your life. It's not, it's not the end result that is this ephemeral, you know, landing spot on the horizon.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a, it reminds me of a lyric in a Michael Franti song uh, that says a revolution never comes with a warning. A revolution just arrives like the morning. And, and Mm. I, You know, I used to listen to that song, even back in the day when we were working together, I used to listen to that song and feel like that's similar to what you just said, that you just wake up one morning and it's here, right? It's that the revolution Mm -hmm. is here, but in reality, there's a lot of work that goes into a revolution arriving in the morning. And, and, um, you know, I, I, think that as we get older and we get a little more life experience and we, we have some heartache and some struggles and learn from those mistakes, that we understand that um, you can't take your foot off the gas, you know, you, you have to keep moving forward, you have to e- even, even when you divert, like we're talking about here by saying, I know that I have to, to make this decision, but but right now, what I need to do is get a good night's sleep. Um, yeah, that's still moving moving the ball forward. We just don't, I think some of us that are, that are the highly competitive, they're those, you know, type a, uh, the, the disc D's the, the, this idea that we want to drive and be the control freaks that we are. We look at that as, as sort of copping out, right? We're, 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 we're taking a detour because we don't want to face the music. and I mean, in reality, um, it's, it's actually moving it forward and putting us in a position to actually find what right is before we have to make that decision.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting coming into a, a season of, of, I feel like I'm being challenged so much right now as it just in my own kind of ability to be a leader and to, to be a CEO and to lead a team. And, um, I had a moment recently, maybe a month, month or so ago where we had kind of a, All team meeting, or was one of our advisors. She came in, gave us some some very strategic advice for you know that kind of dramatically changed our rollout plan for the company. And so she left and turned to the team and was like, "Okay, well, what do you think? And what do you think? And what do you think? And 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 eventually, my my CTO pulled me aside and said, "Ali, we're like, we actually just need you to make a decision. Like, we're." You know, we're here. We're here to 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 back you. But you actually, you have to like, to lead. And even if it's the wrong decision, we will figure it out. But we need you to make a call. We appreciate you being collaborative. But mm-hmm. it's time to kind of grab the reins and and just go. So it's you know, it's, it, it again. It's like it's so overwhelming to think about the whole big picture of everything. And because I can't control it. But in that moment, I can really zoom in and even like get present in my gut and in my intuition. And it's like, I, I do know what to do. And that's what the team is waiting for. And I think in, in so many of our lives, it's the ability to to quiet the noise that's all around us and really lean in, not even to our head or heart, but like into into your gut when you, when you know what the right thing to do is, which is often the harder thing.
1: Well, and that's why, you know, you in a leadership position and great leaders will do this. Sometimes they need to immediately make a decision and other times they need to sit back, assess the land and or like, you know, this person did ask everybody for their input and maybe they're just waiting for that decision to be made. But you said something that just from a different perspective, as I look at your thought, when you don't know what to do, do the next right thing. I have a friend of mine who's in Atlanta. Um, His name's Nigel. And he's a believer, and he's he almost takes it to all. It sounds like it would be counterintuitive; it'd be almost the exact opposite. But it does fit into what you're saying. He's saying when you don't know what to do, just be still, just sit there Mm. and wait for a little bit. And to your point, when you're saying you know maybe it's go and clean your office, or start a project, or get some sleep, or whatever it is for him, he just wants to be still and be present, as you were saying, and lean into the moment of. I'm not sure what to do right now, but. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, as I think, as I maybe meditate or whatever the the spiritual calling is for for somebody out there listening, it eventually will be the right thing and you can make a better decision. So, you know, yeah, again, absolutely. I think you have such a, you know, mom again was right. You know, she's got such a great <laughs> quote. Usually is. Yeah. And everybody comes to the table, um, you know, doing something different. But I do love that, that whole idea that, you know, if you're not sure, you know, focus on, uh, on whatever the next right thing. And sometimes it might be j- just live in the moment for a second and it'll come to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Perfect. So we've got um, a, a quote, I think, that um, will probably complement yours. I mean, it takes a little bit of a different perspective. But since we're talking a little bit about growth, which, uh, Brant, you were just mentioning before, hopefully this will fit well with yours, Allie. Brant, what is our thought that rocks? Oh that rock. Number two.
0: Our thought that rocks this week comes from leadership guru, John Maxwell. And the quote is this change is inevitable. Growth is optional. And
2: I love that. Right.
0: I, I, you know, when we came across this thought, it, uh, especially after reading yours and listening to what you just talked about, even of being faced with this scenario of, hey, Allison, we just need you to make a decision, right? You're the leader. We, we, we want to follow you, um, but we appreciate you giving us a voice in it, but, but just make a decision and we'll roll with it. Uh, that to me is quintessentially what this is about, right? The change is coming. It's happening whether you like it or not. There is going to mm. be this thing that happens no matter what your decision is, but to grow from that is optional. And I yeah. think, I think the lesson in that for you is such a powerful lesson to say, you know what? I do know what to do. I just have to be able to to be willing to find that courage to to say, "Okay, yep, this is what we're going to do for for better or for worse and we're in it together and we'll we'll work through it if it's not the the exact perfect right thing to do, but it you chose to grow from that scenario so the next time that you are faced with a with a scenario like that, you can say I know I have to make a decision period. I'm the leader, I'm the CEO and, and I I can get the information. I can get people's thoughts as to what they think is right or wrong. But at the end of the day, I have to make that decision and, and rally the troops to support it.
2: Mm, Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, I think, I think fear just, it it will freeze us and mid step. And sometimes it's, you know, not when you can't control the outcome leaning into whatever it is. And, and if it's not, you know, the outcome that you wanted, the change that can happen as a result of that may actually be the biggest gift to you. Yep. You know, the learning comes from, from a failure or just a, you know, something being non, not what you desired, but that there may be actually a, a huge gift in that uh, in and of itself.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I am. So I currently am in the midst of writing, uh, my next book. And, and it talks about this, uh, in one of the chapters, we talk about what does it look like to make a good decision? And as we talk through sort of what a good decision is, we have to sort of agree in the book anyways, that, that a good decision is one that's born from our values. It considers all the facts and it honors what we're feeling in the moment. And the, the control freak in me, um, when someone asks me about, is the decision I just made good? Was it a good decision? You know, I wanted to base it on a result, on some sort of an outcome. Um, but in in reality, the science uh, doesn't support that, right? There's something called outcome bias that if we are mm. if we're trying to justify a, a decision being good or bad based on the results, um, you can't do that because we don't control. Yeah, out- we can influence, but yeah. we, but we don't control the outcome, and so. It, What goes into making that in in what I talk about is the deliberate intention that goes into making the decision is all you have control over and why it's so important. And so again, in this changes, inevitable growth is optional. The growth in that is understanding that you have to let the outcome go. Mm -hmm. You have to let it go because it is out of your control. What you need to focus on is that deliberate intention that goes into making the decision.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it is so good and something that I've been trying to, to learn recently. I, I had a, um, a conversation with a friend a couple weeks ago where I went into it really, you know, trying to, to, to do the next right thing and, and to, you know, address a difficult situation and really come with like transparency and kind of an open, you know, here's where I was heard and just kind of putting my heart out there. And the conversation went so bad and it totally went sideways. <laughs> Oops. And and afterwards I said, well, what, wouldn't you, you know, if if you knew that, that, you know, that you hurt me in this way, wouldn't you want me to tell you so that you could, you know, we could talk about it? And she goes, no, don't tell me, you know, I'd rather just not deal with it. So anyway, so, I, so it was like not a good outcome. And afterwards I was really thinking about it and I'm like, would I do you know? Do I regret raising that issue and talking to her about it? And I, I stopped and I was like, you know what? I really don't because that's the sort of friend I want to be. That's and right. for me, that was acting in truth and integrity and loving her well, even though it didn't have the outcome I wanted. That's still the sort of person that I want to be. I don't want to bury things. I don't want to carry resentment or hurt. And and I think you're right. It's like we we just operate out of. Out of outcome, but we can't control outcome. What we control is what we bring to the situation Whatever that outcome is.
0: You're exactly right. and I think it's probably going to be honestly for you now as sort of uh, fresh out of grad school and now running this tech company, it's it's a scenario that you're gonna have to get real comfortable with because I think as a culture uh, In corporate America, we promote people solely based on outcomes uh, that's, you know, if you hit your numbers, if you, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, are, are meeting EBITDA or whatever it is that, that is the goal out there for you to, to do. And, and so, uh, so-and-so, you know, Mary hit her goals this, this month and she has for the last six months. So we're going to promote her, but Mary might not be the right person for that job. Maybe it's Judy. And because mm-hmm. Judy put in all the effort and, and made all the right decisions and made good decisions that were centered in her values and aligned with the organizational mm-hmm. values and all of those things, the, the outcome just didn't happen for whatever particular reason and in reality if you're looking for someone to do the job over the long haul and get the most ROI from that person for the length of time that they are with you in your organization um, she might be the one that deserved to actually be promoted but we we don't we don't look at that we don't as, as the person just said to you don't tell me that I don't want to see that I don't want to know that I want to <laughs> pretend it doesn't exist and and that's the interesting part is when you dig into what makes a decision good, um, sometimes it's surrounded by a bunch of things that are bad and we would rather ignore those things than to say, you know what, you made a really good decision in the middle of a really bad situation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to doing the next right thing. It's like, what does it mean for us to be in integrity with ourselves and take that next right step? What, whatever it is. Knowing that we can't control the outcome, but we can we can bring our best to the situation
1: so Brian, I know you your new book that'll come out um, later this next year, but even your current book right now, I mean I love it because it's the, dealing with change is what that thing's all about. It's rock and roll with it overcoming the challenge of change and I know it talks more about personal change sure. but in some of the stuff that we've done together and even some of the presentations I do is well probably a little bit more on the how to deal with culture change from an organization. But I think both of these work. When you look at that thought, change is inevitable, right? I love the the, the Bob Dylan saying, you know, there's nothing so stable as change, right? right. We, we laugh at the old adage. Uh, what is it? So it's uh, death and taxes and change, right? We right. know those things yeah. are always going to be yeah. there. Bob Dylan just has a way of doing it, you know, saying it better than we do. <laughs> um, I, I remember there, there was this, and you were very complimentary, um, Brandt, when you sent out one of the quotes that I had in my book, which was, if you hate change. You're gonna hate extinction. Right. You, know? you may as well just accept that the change is coming. But I think the second part to our quote here, which is from John Maxwell, growth is optional. You you can either poo-poo about it, you can be upset about it, you can sit there and wait for it to happen to you, or to the point that you were saying, Allison, you can lean into it, you can accept it, maybe you can even control part of it. You know, you can in a leadership position, the way it's delivered or messaged or gathering the troops you can probably handle it a little bit better than you know just sort of sitting back and allowing it to happen to you so i i think it goes kind of back to your thought honestly which is when you don't know what to do do the next right thing well the next right thing might be we've got to accept the change and we've got to move on don't live your life in the rear view mirror yeah. do you agree with that yeah yeah
2: completely and you know i've got a i have got a was just talking to a friend yesterday about like just in life in general, like showing up and doing the work and knowing that that's not something, it's kind of like exercising, right? Where sometimes the achiever in me is like, I wish I could just like exercise an insane amount for a month and then just be done, you know, and just like, okay, great, I achieved it. We're good. (laughs) But things that are like really a part of the rhythms of life, you know, like growth and change and and character—it's like we, ha- they're muscles we have to keep exercising and working, and we don't, we don't cross the finish line with it. And and to continue to kind of lean into to showing up and doing the work, and knowing that life will constantly surprise you and will constantly be outside of your control, and yet the next right step will show up in front of you. And even if it's a hard step, you know, the the growth, the character that that, that will be inherent in that change. Like that is going to be building you into a deeper, more beautiful soul of a human. Um, and that's what, that's what gets really exciting, whatever, whatever life is bringing in front of you.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, you know, it, it almost works. And, and when you look at, at uh, this first heart, part that change is inevitable, um, because change is inevitable, the right thing changes all the time and yeah. <laughs> right and, and so the, the that's the good news is that don't put so much pressure on yourself to make the right decision in that right moment right there because you know, 10 minutes from now, everything could change and and the right decision could change in that moment as well. So w- when you're doing the next yeah. right thing in that moment, you're giving yourself an opportunity to let change settle for a second, right? Let, where, where are mm-hmm. things going? What's really happening? Is Are we overreacting to something or are we underreacting in a way that maybe we should be giving this more attention than we, uh, than we are at the moment? And I think that um, that's part of the growth itself, right? Is understanding that that right thing might change tomorrow and the decision for you tomorrow might be different than what it is today and um, having the maturity, I think, to be able to sit back and, and the courage to wait. Right, uh, Tom, yes. Tom Petty. Waiting is the hardest part, mm-hmm. and, and oh, it
2: totally is. Yeah, and, and
0: that's it, especially in a position where you are. Right, you're a young CEO. You are. Um, you, you've got people who who are expecting you to drive the success of this new company, and you find yourself in a position where you're like, I've got to make these decisions. I've got to have the outcomes that are going to you know, make everybody happy, whether that's investors or consumers or the, or our customers or whoever that might be. But in reality, what you need to do is make sure that you're honoring those things that matter to you, right? Just like your, yeah. your friend's conversation, you were able to go to bed that night knowing that even though it didn't have the outcome that you desired, you still did everything that you needed to do to make that the best possible scenario you could.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's funny. I've, I'm I'm sitting at my at my desk, and I I had a call um, a couple months ago with a with an investor who said he said this line to me while he was just talking, and I was like, stop, 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 say that again. And I like grabbed a post-it note and wrote it down. But he said, "You see a little, you see a lot. You see a lot, you see a little," meaning that. If you, if you stay focused on the things in front of you, that's what's going to kind of open up all the opportunity to allow you to see a lot. And too often we get bogged down with trying to see a lot, see the whole landscape, know how things are going to go, know where they're headed. Um, and then we actually, you know, we, we it, it, it's like the forest and the trees analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're trying to look at the forest and we don't see any of the trees in front of us. You know, we smack right into one. And so he's like, stay focused on the things in front of you. And that's what's going to, in the long run, allow you to see the whole picture. Um, so I have that as like a little post-it note above my desk and I, I Love always it. look at it's it brilliant. because I'm, I'm in a, in a season right now where it feels like everything is such big decisions and has such big consequences and, and you're operating in a constant state of unknown, mm-hmm. um, And, and the, the temptation is to want to know and get, get your head around everything. And, and we usually just can't, that's not a possibility. And so staying focused on the things in front of us and taking the next right step.
1: Can you share any of those? Is there anything that you would say is on the horizon that you're, you're working through that, uh, you know, our audience would, would love to hear about?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in the midst of a of a fundraise right now, so you know that's operating with a lot of you. You kind of it's it's the analogy of um, building the plane while you're flying, because <laughs> um, we don't you know we don't get the the luxury to to stop and make sure all the pieces line up. So it's the it's acting in this kind of constant free fall of faith of trusting um, that you know the right the right things will will line up. Um, and to just keep moving, I think that that to me, that's the difference I see between successful entrepreneurs and not is the grit to keep going when, you know, you're you're out of money or the team doesn't come together or whatever, whatever those because you just get hit by obstacle after obstacle. And to 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 have such conviction that this needs to exist in the world that you keep moving forward and just don't stop. I think that that's what makes the difference between you know it's like a little sailboat if you just stop sailing you'll probably tip over but if you just keep moving forward you're you're going to be you're going to be okay. So um so you know right now it's just the it's probably the most exciting time that we've we've had as as a company in the sense of you know getting our wireframes and designs and we start going into development of our platform in a month and Um, and, you know, and then in a couple of months from then we'll launch it into the market. And so everything feels of enormous consequence, but also, also really exciting. And, and I keep in my, my mind, I keep trying to fast forward like a year from now. And Mm -hmm. the reality is I just have to like keep my eyes on the road. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah a team on
2: the road.
0: Well, to give you uh, some some a, a little encouragement from us and your feeling like uh, you're you're trying to build a plane as you're flying it, you know it reminds me of of the you know the s r seventy one blackbird plane that that uh, has been around for a very long time, the fastest, most capable plane we've ever developed in this country that you know when it's on the runway and they fill it up with with fuel, the fuel leaks everywhere everywhere.
2: Oh, wow. And
0: it's not, they do that because the the pieces of the plane have to be so loose because the plane travels so fast that when it gets up to speed, it compresses everything and locks up all of those joints so that wow. it is what it needs to be once it's at full capacity and moving as quickly as it needs to move. So that's what's happening with you right now. It's that you have to get to the point where you're moving fast enough that things compress and seal up all of those things that are leaking so that you can refuel mm. the plane plane again right and so i think mm-hmm. that's really I the love that. season funny. you're in so you're you know if you're mu- if you're moving fast that's a good thing because that's going to bring things into focus and really compress things so that you can refuel and continue in in the direction that you need to fly right
1: you did it you mm-hmm. finally got in love your blackbird story this there is great is. he's been waiting to use this forever <laughs> just <That's kidding>. amazing <laughs> gee thanks mr science it's <laughs> awesome Brought to you by the SR-71 yes. Blackbird. <laughs> yes. We want Blackbird money. Hey,
2: I'll, anytime I can be compared to an SR-71, I will <laughs> that, take it. <laughs>
1: exactly we'll take it. Right. We'll take it. Actually, do Code you, name Blackbird. I love that, it. That is your new code name. I love it. So I know your book um, just came out a couple of years ago. Uh, do you have another book in you? Do you have something else um, that you're? I do. You do? I nice. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's actually going to be a business book.
1: Nice. It,
2: yeah, yeah. I can't th- share too much about it yet, but it's, um, but it's really the the focus of it is you know so many business books are around like your you know corporate ladder, your personal growth, your trajectory, and it's kind of a you 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 your leadership, your management style. Um, and this book is actually about community and how in order to to build a good company and a meaningful life, you actually have to. To keep good company and have have uh, a community of people around you, and seeing both our work lives as, as a community that w- that we're um, investing in and and shaping and being shaped by, as well as the the mentors in our lives, the people that we're mentoring, the friendships that come around us and journey with us, and that um, you know, kind of going back to the that you know, it's the journey, not the destination, and. Right. It's, It's the people you do it with, not the goal is not to get to the top of a ladder and be just standing alone on the top of a ladder. That doesn't make anybody happy. You know, and if you've done that, you've missed the whole point of, you know, being on the the fire truck with everybody else or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, we just recently had uh, Don Yeager uh, as a guest and one of the things he talked about that he learned from John Wooden when he was being uh, mentored by him is that uh, he said, you'll never outperform your inner circle. And, and I think mm-hmm. that really plays into what you're talking about, which is the community of which you surround yourself by is really important to the success of the organization and yourself. Right. And I think that that's, it's that. perfect. I, I absolutely love that thought and can't wait for this book to come out. How can people stay in touch with you if they want to follow you on social media or just sort of follow the progress of, of copper and what you guys are yeah. doing. Yeah, Find
2: me on the gram. um, (laughs) (laughs) love it uh alley bridge a-l-l-i-e bridge and we actually just launched copper's instagram which is meet copper m-e-e-t copper
1: love it that's great that's great maybe when you get your your you know, your new book out, you can use it in the book club. If only you knew a couple other authors. <laughs> that could, if
0: only. Oh, wait a second. If only.
1: We if all only. are. <laughs>
0: exactly. Listen, we can't, yeah. we can't thank you enough, Ali. You've been uh, just uh, awesome to, to just take, take some time. Rockstar. And, and just share some incredible advice. We hope that uh, our listeners are going to just be able to walk away feeling as inspired as you've left us uh, uh, today. So thank you so much for spending some time with us. Oh, thank you.
2: Friend. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. And I hope you start throwing change at people again. Yeah. That was that was, yes. that was my favorite move. So you gotta bring that one back.
0: One way or another, I'll be throwing change at people. That is change the truth.
2: is inevitable. <laughs> change is inevitable. That's it.
0: That's it. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you real soon. <laughs> thanks, you
2: guys. Rock on. Okay.
0: Bye bye